1: Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going?
0: Ben, I'm alright. There is a distinct inverse relationship between the proximity of the draft and the healthiness of my sleeping habits. However, I am also excited for this episode <laughs> and for the draft to finally be here. So, um, you know, mixed bag. How are yeah.
1: you? Well, I'm, I'm alright. Less, less than a month. Um... Our sleep habits are always kind of like this, but
0: yeah, l- l- less than a month until the draft and apparently like two months until, until the NBA. Season.
1: Yeah. December 22nd uh,
0: uh, seems a little, kind of pretty early. Kind of yeah, crazy. Al-
1: also less than a month until college, college basketball. basketball. And then our sleep schedules go back out the window. The wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Boatball's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Yeah, well, whatever, it, it's it's worth it when 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 the when the like 2 a.m. games are um, B.J. Boston and Cade Cunningham instead of uh, Lamine and Janae. It's uh, it's a little more entertaining.
1: Yeah, I'm at the point where I've pretty much like moved on to like prepping for 2021, which we'll talk about later. You know, but
0: still. yeah. Okay, so our, our, our topic for today, I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, I think it's kind of stolen from an old Ben Rubin Stepien thing. Um, so it's best plays in the draft. So it, it's, it can be simply thought of, I think, as the best values, but it's not really that because it, it, there's a level of accounting for both value uh, of like archetypes. So at the top of your draft, you know, if you're getting a real creator, you know, it doesn't matter if you're paying currency that is like that is the number one pick for that level of prospect, because that's, you know, the this the uh, amount that that pushes you toward contention is significant and worthwhile.
1: For example, I think like, you know, like in whatever Ruben's iteration was like his like clearing away best play with Zion Williams in number 1 and exactly. obviously like getting him you know getting him like a player at 2 versus 1 in a vacuum is like not that great value versus you know getting a player you have in the 20s and the 40s but you know obviously uh, th- that difference is the difference between you know having a guy who can win you a title and not having one of those so yeah i mean just taking into account uh, not only positional scarcity but I'm um, skewing towards the top, I think, for both of us a little bit. But I also have some like later guys pretty high as well. I mean,
0: Yeah, so do I. And the, the other thing is not just positional scarcity, but scarcity within the draft. So to give an example of that, um, if you don't draft Onyeka Kongwu in, in the top half of the lottery, basically, or we'll say lottery uh, of this draft, at no point are you going to have another chance at an elite uh, coverage-versatile role man who has like a seamless fit and um, is highly complimentary like that. Like there is no alternative to Onyeka Kongwu really. Um, so I think that that comes into play also that like, if you want Desmond Bain, there's not really a great alternative for an off guard with uh, elite shooting um, plus passing for the role uh, plus team defense. Like there, there's not really a great alternative. And I think that that scarcity does come into play as well Whereas, you know, there may be five guards that you consider in a vacuum to be superior prospects to Desmond Bain, but, you know, you could get any one of the five, you, but you can only get the one Desmond Bain. So that comes into play as well, um, just to, to frame um, what it is we're, we're trying to capture here. Uh, and so with that done, uh, Ben, who do you, what do you have as your top play in the 2020 w, uh, NBA draft?
1: Um, I suspect you'll have the same thought play. I have Killian Hayes from five to twelve. We kind of and we're like these ranges that we're gonna say, so you know five to twelve, late first, you know, you know, undrafted are kind of just like an approximation based on consensus that we've come up with to try to make things easy. It's not like this is their set in stone range that we know of or are predicting. It's just the the easiest way we can kind of predict this based on based on consensus. So
0: yeah, I also I yeah. Have Killian, 4 Killian to ten.
1: Killian, five, four to ten, five to twelve. Number one, pretty clearly the best play in the draft. I mean, he, you know, your number one prospect, my number two prospect. Uh, I, I, either way, a, a tier one prospect for me with Lamelo. Getting that guy from from five to twelve, or four to ten, you know, four to twelve that range, which seems like is going to be his range, is, is going to be a kind of ridiculous steal. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a pretty easy top play for me. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a simple calculus here. Uh, my top tier is Killian, Lamello, and Ant in that order. There's a lot of variation team by team, the order that I take them by, uh, and there's really there's just a lot of you know fluidity within that tier. But to me, those are the three best prospects in this class. Um, Ant and Lamello, who will be featured later, are both going to cost you top three picks. Killian is not. Um, so for for three guys who are relatively interchangeable, in a you know in a vacuum but you know per per team i think there could be strong preferences but overall i don't have a strong preference between these guys uh so killian's going to cost you meaningfully less i think that like going with this general idea of Killian in the four to ten range i think that a trade up for killian is among the best plays in this draft especially if you can structure it similarly to that uh culver trade up from last year where it's just it was 11 and dario to get up to six so it's just like a a solid young player rotation player uh you're not encumbering any future draft assets uh so if you're if you're a team in that 10 to 14 range that late lotto range and you want to go up to secure Killian, I think that would be a really, really strong move because you're getting one of those tier one guys for a significantly lower yeah. cost.
1: I mean, he's the tier one guy that eventually you're you're not going to have to pay like a top two pick. Um, or you know, I don't, just, know that, maybe I don't know not. that's true. I mean, you know, I mean, compared to like you know, I, I at least early he's not going to cost you as much. Um, uh,
0: I don't know about that. Like at the draft, he's not going to cost you. As yeah, much. I, I think that he could like, like if Killian realizes what i hope for him that he will be a very expensive player but the draft capital is is uh i mean it's just not it's just not as much as the top three picks that lamello and ant are going to cost you no it's not okay so what do you have as your second play i'm guessing that we probably have the same thing for this as well
1: um i had maxi 13 to 20
0: oh wow okay we don't i have Lamelo top three as the second best play um I think that, yeah, I think the, the delta between LaMelo and Maxi is large enough that I'm, I would rather just pay a top three pick for LaMelo. Um, he has, I, I, like in, in this class, I think he has the most like heliocentric equity. Uh, I don't entirely buy that and I don't think it's necessarily the most efficient usage of him, but I think he, you know, he has some of the strongest creator equity along with Killian in this class. Uh, and I'm, content to to pay a top three pick for him um i like i i think it's the maxi thing is is close and he'll he'll uh factor in for me very soon but i i think that i would prefer to just spend a top three pick on Lamelo.
1: yeah i just say i'll have Lamelo next like He's my third best play. I mean, I definitely get it. I just think, you know, the value for Maxi, uh, you know, for like 13 to 20, getting, I mean, a guy who I believe is, you know, a true, like, one of the better prospects in this class, potentially, like, outside of the lottery is kind of ridiculous value. I mean, yes, I, you probably, you know, in terms of getting a guy who's, like, that has that heliocentric upside, um, it, you know, it's LaMelo, it's not Maxi, but you know, especially f- in the range where he's going to be going a lot of the teams that, you know, have those bigger creators and, you know, like Memphis, not Memphis, New Orleans, Boston, later down, like teams like Philly or Milwaukee, you know, are just, those are the spots where Maxi is really going to thrive. And then that, you know, that being his range, makes him even that much better of
0: a player. Yeah. I mean, Maxi is going to be next for me. I have Maxi 10 to 20 as my third, just because I think that there are some similarities role-wise between him and Ant, where, the, where they'll succeed, uh, I think, is more guys who are working off the ball. But just, I mean, Ant has so much more <laughs> to offer when he, when he is in these on-ball situations that Ant is really more of a 1B, whereas Maxi is a, is a 2. Um, and so, like, you know, w- while Ant has, uh, you know, v- very, very diverse um, space creation, advantage creation on the ball – he has very, very diverse finishing ability. Like he, he really like he has all of these skills and abilities, uh, and it's just a matter of applying them. I don't think that Maxi really has that on the ball. Um, so I, I think that you're with Maxi, you are looking at like pretty strictly a, a second side guy, a guy who's a really good play finisher. Um, but you know, if, if you're saying opt at an optimized level, they maybe fill a similar role. Maxi's going to cost you so much less that's why Maxi slotted in at three for me, just because like the draft capital costs for Maxi are really limited to the point that like pretty much anyone could, could get him.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, kind of uh, where I'm at with him. I mean, like I have an ant a little lower, I think I'm generally a little lower an ant than you. I, I'm a little lower than this exercise, um, but still, I mean, I have him fairly high and, but you know, Maxi just, uh, yes, he's a second. Like I said, yes, he's a secondary, but I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good secondary. And those are definitely valuable um if you have a big initiator and pretty much any team with a bit like you said any you know besides the teams that are with that have the big initiators in that range any team with one can reasonably move up to like the late late lottery ish range for not that much to get them i think yeah so um so what do you have for then four i have devin vassell from
0: or five to fourteen okay so i have ant from i ant top three number four Um, We talked a little
1: about Ant just then. Um, Vassell, um, again, I have him. I I mentioned this. I, I I do have him. Like, well, I have him. My my tier, I have him top of my tier two, but the third overall. uh, I'm all the way in on Vassell at this point. Um, I just think getting him from five to fourteen. You know, just talking about wing scarcity, the the team defense he's going to bring you. Def the shot making upside, despite what you know, two two ugly shots in an open gym would tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, just that being there potentially in you know the, the late lottery or you know even in the mid lotteries is, is is really incredible value for a lot of you know for a couple of pretty good teams. You know, like Phoenix, you know, getting another massive wing around Devin Booker or, or New Orleans getting another defender next to Zion. Um, I just think that's a really good spot for him. Um, and just the value there to me is, is really, really good.
0: Yeah, that that's gonna come up for me soon. So for I like I said, I have Ant uh, top three. Um, he he's last in my top tier uh, on my normal board, but um, you know I st- I still think that he's a relatively worthwhile play in the top three. That he does have that um, versatile on off ball game. That he can be a really valuable second guy like 1B. Um I, I mean we've we've sort of extolled the virtues of ant off the ball offensively uh many, many times on this podcast. We like it a lot. Um and yeah, yeah, like like I had mentioned, that his on ball game, it, it is it's just it's very frustrating because his ability level is so high. Um and it's not just the tough shot making. It's that like he really does have such a diverse and developed skill game as an advantage creator that he can win with burst and with dribble moves and with footwork and strength and balance and that he can finish with both hands and pass with both hands. Um, and he just so frequently doesn't apply himself. Um, it's very frustrating, but, but I think the overall package is, as a one B is still really intriguing and potentially valuable. Um, I'm not even going to get into the defense right now because it <laughs> makes me very, very angry. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just really, all right. I guess I will get into it because it's, it's, it's it's so frustrating that, but then, then there are the possessions where he just decides like, oh yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to avoid a screen or I'm going to fight through a screen and I'm going to block this pull-up jumper or I'm going to just like stay attached to this guy's hip. I'm going to recover very quickly. Like he has these moments that are so good where he he is just like really like a Koro-esque blowing up screens. And then 95% of the time it's, Like the most mind-boggling gambles ever. The like no effort, completely zoning out, no positioning. Like, like it's just it's so bad, so much of the time. And I would just, I'm gonna. I imagine that he's going to be a terrible NBA defender for at least a while. But it's just frustrating that so much of his of of what's wrong with him is just applying himself. Um, and yeah, it's the thing we've harped on with PD that it's it's so much wiring with Ant because skills physical abilities like he really has everything uh, that you could possibly want in a prospect uh, yeah i mean it, himself.
1: and yet that, that the wiring is such a big issue especially i mean it, it's so big of an issue to me
0: like yeah no it, is. it uh,
1: is and that's why i like i have him like towards the bottom of the top 10 in this exercise because i'm just just considerably more worried about you obviously it's a good play in the top three and it's a play i would make for you know Maybe like two of the teams in the top three speaking, you know, talking in the realm of like what could realistically happen. Um, it doesn't mean I prefer it to, you know, something like a trade down, or maybe yeah. even a player like, you know, that that, that wouldn't realistically go. So I, I have him a little later in this top ten, but I definitely get having him having him this
0: high. Yeah, yeah I'm actually quite into the idea of him going to Golden State. I I I like that a lot. Um, yeah, that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I non realistic like... options. That's who I'd probably give for them. I mean, considering Golden State's, you know bleak that they like just about every single prospect (laughs) in the top 10
0: yeah like i i haven't studied their offense in enough in enough depth it seems like they added more pick and roll this year but like generally it's kind of like a heavy off-screen offense and i think that forcing ant to actually get downhill in those situations will be useful at least that's what they
1: want to do i mean you know they kind of put more pick and roll by necessity because that D'Ang- yeah yeah D'Ang- d'angelo russell was like their only uh, was like their only nba player this year Yeah,
0: that, that's definitely true but i i would i would hope that they keep more pick and roll with stuff but um I, I mean either way i think that ant fits well there that i think that he is he's a guy that can you can get a lot of him out of, as a cutter yeah i've talked about giants. this like
1: i like i think he's golden state is a position where he can actually give you some short-term value like like you said as a cutter if any team's going to teach him to play off ball quickly i think it's golden state mm-hmm. um just like you know running those running those split cuts those those, those back doors yeah just teaching him how to play off ball i think like learning from steph curry and clay thompson uh there's mm-hmm. nobody better to learn from in terms of how to play off the ball and be successful and Ant has all the tools to do it and then you know obviously he gives you you know more of the long-term upside you want for number two pick than a guy like denny or even the cell does you know as much as i love the cell like
0: yeah the, the other two things that i like about that are um one that they've had success with extracting defensive value from kyle thompson who has i think similar strengths and weaknesses to ant and that he's off the ball is not like a brilliant awareness guy doesn't doesn't really have like the tools to be acting on that but they turned him into quite a valuable on ball defender and i think that that's kind of the avenue for ant um and also just the we talked about this i think we've talked about it several times i think the the most in-depth was with zach when we were doing our uh, mock draft recap that if you're drafting Onyeka Kongwu as Golden State to fill a very niche role in the short term, you can kind of get that guy off the street. But a- and I don't think that's something that you can really just sign. Like You're not going to be able to sign a guy who has both on-ball creation equity and can then slide in and be a really potent off-ball player alongside your stars. So I think that that's, that play makes a lot of sense for them in the short and long term. Um, but we're getting kind of off the rails here because we're not, (laughs) we're not supposed to be talking about that. Um, what do you have at number five, Ben?
1: I actually, this was the first one where I kind of like really diverged from that top group. I I had Balmoro late one as as this one. Um, yeah, I think a guy, I know both of us really like one of my favorite, like upside gambles in the draft. Um, I would take him a lot higher. I think late first is super ideal for a prospect who, to me, you know, is an upside swing um, because you know he he doesn't have that he doesn't have the, the pull up shooting or the finishing or, or really the self creation at this point to to, be, to thrive as an on ball creator. But he but what he does have is the the, the elite ball handling, ball control, ball very vari- dribble variation, really high level passing at six foot seven, and then you know just elite guard defense um the lateral movement the getting into guys even off ball he's, he's incredibly sound a uh, great decision maker i just think in, in the, if you're getting that guy in the late first who you have the flexibility to stash and probably will stash for the moment um you know while he hopefully keeps getting high leverage minutes in europe uh in the spanish league and in the euro league hopefully uh he's like the the perfect guy there uh i think the the value is just kind of incredible uh, as like a late first gamble, especially like compared to, to some of these other guys that are getting thrown around in the late first, like, I don't know, like Jamias or Cassius Stanley. Like,
0: <sighs> Yeah, he's going to come into play soon-ish for me. I've cooled on him a little bit recently, just on account that his um 2020-21 his season has started uh with uh, barcelona and the returns have not been great i'm not sure if you've watched any of no it i haven't i haven't yeah looked at
1: that yeah so he
0: continues to not be able to score at all um it's unfortunate yeah i just worry that that might never come along for him to really unlock any sort of primary ability i think that as a complementary wing who's like a really good guard defender if if he can just hit spot ups i think that might be in the cards still, but I've, I've cooled on him a little bit. I still really like him and think that late first is a great play, but that's kind of reflected in, in my ranking of, of Bomaro late first, I've got it a little bit lower. Yeah. Uh, but I do still think it's, it's really worthwhile, especially because he's set up with such a good stash situation. Yeah. You know that he's with Barcelona, like he, he is playing, uh, for them. So I, 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 think that that's appealing for sure. Um, and to some, to some teams, I would think that that would be a much more desirable play. If you have multiple picks or, have a roster cruncher, sure that sort of thing, yeah. Uh, um, Who do you have next? Yeah, so five. I had Vassell from five to fourteen. Um, I think that like he and Acoro are fairly interchangeable as plays, yeah. but uh, Vassell. I have a Coro played, six. Yeah. So. so next uh, have a Coro. Yeah. So do I. So I, I, think that they're pretty interchangeable, but Vassell is going to cost you a little bit less. Um, I think I think we've talked about this in reference to the Hawks, but I think that you draft them you're looking for slightly different things when you draft them. Uh, I think Vassell offensively in the short term, at the very least is looking at much more of a just spotting up role um, where I don't think you have to really get creative with how you deploy him offensively, but you do have to enable him to take risks defensively um, to really get the most out of his crazy range and instincts uh, off the ball. Um, Nonetheless, I think that, uh, He's a slightly better play in his range than Okoro just because they are such comparable prospects. But I think this is one that varies a lot by team because yeah, you're, re- you're really going to – I think you're going to strongly prefer one depending on what your needs are as a team. And I we, we can get into that a bit more when we talk about Okoro.
1: Yeah, I mean, Okoro is my next guy at six from four to ten, like you said. I mean, yeah. I think um, there, are some guy, there are some teams – like for Atlanta, I think you probably want the sell – um, I think it depends. I think I it mean, depends what I, you want. yeah. I, I, I mean, vassell, I think plugs the 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 gaping team defense hole that they have. yeah, because um, I, I, you know, i I think I mean, I don't neither of us are really big hunter hunter fans. Um, reddish is pretty good is is pretty good. but like they don't have like a real team specialist, I think and and like, a, like Vassell gives you that I mean they don't to be fair they don't have like, really have like a point of attack specialist in the core the
0: well I think player. the idea is that Hunter it, is the point right. of attack specialist. The, the
1: idea that he is even if you know I'm not sold and,
0: the, and, the, and the, that Reddish right. brings a lot as a team d guy while like also being solid on the ball which I buy like I I, I was a much bigger camera yeah I think
1: Reddish but, is cl- like is clearly pretty good I mean I wasn't as big like I didn't like him as much as I should have but like after his rookie season I think it's clear that he's you know gonna be a good defender
0: yeah, I, I, I slightly prefer Vassell for them. Um, but yeah, without getting too off the rails again with another team specific talk. But I mean this is this is kind of the general idea that these guys you're gonna have some variation team by team what you're trying what needs you're trying to really satisfy. You know, is it more of a rangey team D guy who's just gonna spot up that's Vassell? If it's a guy that um, you know, you're going to actually in offensively scheme for more that you're going to try to get him in situations where he's going downhill, uh, that you're going to like really cultivate him as an on ball player. Then that's a Coro. Um, he's a bit more interesting in his defensive deployment because he could be your stopper, like one to four uh, or you could, you know, also deploy him in like a roaming team role. Uh, and I think he can be really successful at both but not as good at the roaming Team D as, as Vassell and infinitely better yeah, as the onball Much stopper. better there. Yeah, but I, I think both are really good plays in their respective ranges. Uh, pretty interchangeable depending on team. Uh, I think I slightly prefer just a little bit better value on Vassell, but uh, both are great. Yeah. All right, like
1: wait, this... what. Uh,
0: yeah. What do you have next? Okay.
1: At this point, I, I I'm st- I'm starting to mix in a, a few later guys. I actually have Tilly forty five plus here.
0: Okay. Uh I have one more top guy, and then I'm gonna mix in. So seven for me is Onyeka five to fourteen. Okay. Yeah,
1: I have Onyeka like very soon. Um, yeah. So yeah. get get into your into your. Tilly yeah. Game. I mean Tilly like like we've talked about this plenty. I mean he. I mean. The reason that he's, you know, the, or at least the main reason that he that he's fallen as far as he has are his medicals, um, or his injury history. As he just even before his, his his Gonzaga career, he was never able to stay healthy, and then at Gonzaga was never able to stay healthy. But talk about like scarcity of like actually like versatile, good like offensive, defensive bigs in this class. Like Tilly is is one of the best um separated from his from his injury issues for the modern nba i mean I mean, you talk about elite big man shooting pretty elite big man passing high level big man handling all of the perimeter skills you want at six foot ten and then on, on defense not as mobile as he once was before all the injuries but still pretty i'd say plus mobile for his for his size obviously you know a, a genius level team defender um even if, even if someone you spend like a second, a late second, or even like somehow you get them undrafted, even if you get, I don't know, like 60 healthy games of, of Killian Tilly, um, I think that's totally worthwhile because that's likely a guy who can contribute in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think, you know, a prospect who I'd like pretty strongly consider in the lottery, if, if he didn't have the injury issues, um, getting him... Uh, at 45 plus is 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 really you know a massive win. I mean, if you think you know he's never, if you're sure, if you're confident he's never going to be able to stay on the floor or, or never going to be able to compete because of the medicals, that's a different story. But that's not information that that any of us have or, or any of us will have. Um, yeah, just the value late late in the second for for Killian Tilly is is really just kind of absurd and, and and too much and too just too much for any team to pass on really. So that's that's why I have him very very high here.
0: Yeah. I have Tilly 45 plus at 16, so I'm still pretty high on it. Um, I just think that in terms of moving your team toward contention, like the odds I have to be fairly overwhelming that he is never able to still stay healthy. Um, so I think it's still like a really, really worthwhile play for all of the reasons that you laid out. Like he is a legit playoff contributor. Um, I think still like plus plus mobile for a big man, e- even after the decline. Um, just a brilliant player like really truly an anchor of a defense and how he directs people on the court his His,
1: communication is unbelievable yeah
0: his communication is unreal which like works in concert with like god tier recognition that allows him to communicate these things in a timely enough fashion for other people to act i mean not and and he's he's you know great in himself like himself as a as a uh playmaker even that that he you know has that mobility that even even without incredible length like he he is a skilled contester um that he is he uses his length well and is very active with it um yeah offensively like really i think kind of an elite big man shooter while having like really good screening great passing uh yeah like an incredible short mid game with his floaters um yeah, just a really, really great big man. A, a true two-way plus big man. Um, may never be able to stay healthy, but still a very worthwhile play. Not not this high for me because I think that there are other guys that I have confidence will actually play. But, yeah, sure. uh, I mean, st- still a, a a top 16 play yeah, for me. That's, I just put that, that value
1: out. into account. I mean, I get having him lower because, obviously, you know, guys who are, one, just better prospects and have more certainty in terms of actually you – know, Getting on the field and stay, or on the court and stay in there long term. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's basically free, and yeah, it is like his ability. Yeah, you could, you could, just, you could, anyone could really buy a second and go get it. Like, oh yeah, no, like, yeah. and any team that wants Killian Tilly can get him. Yeah, with with ease, like with 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 ease. Um, and I think that it's super worthwhile. I don't think it's the seventh most worthwhile thing to do in this draft, but it's it's uh, really good. Should we talk Onyeka five to fourteen now? Yeah, I had Ant next talk about being a little, but
1: then next I have Onyeka five to fourteen at nine. So okay,
0: so so Onyeka five to fourteen is is seven for me. Um, for the kind of mostly the reason that we got it at the top, uh, that if you want a coverage versatile elite two way pick and roll big man, um, who I'm confident can play. Uh, cr- Close uh, crunch time because while, well I don't think he's like a full on switch guy he's definitely a late switch guy I think that he will be a hedge guy like I, I he he has oh, issues there yeah, I think, no I think he will for sure yeah he time. has issues there currently um, but I think in time in time he'll be fine um, like yes he has he has limitations on the interior that I think that like the, the largest of big men will give him trouble. Um, he needs to get add strength in his upper body. and um you know, e- even then, like even with his incredible touch and and finishing skill and and contortion and footwork, like i I have mild concerns that he's not going to be the best finisher in the world. But at the end of the day, I think he's a big man who is going to add value without taking up too many possessions and will be able to be on the floor at all times because of his coverage versatility. Uh, And that's super valuable, and there's no other alternative in this class.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like we alluded to earlier, there's really like if this is the player you want, if you want slash need a a big man who who you can trust to to play at the end of at the end of high leverage high leverage games, then you're then you take Onyeka five to fourteen, or you don't get anybody. Um, There's no alternative. I mean, I mean there, there are some guys who can you know, who have, who have some of these skills, like, like, like Nod usually mobile in the perimeter, obviously Tilly provides some of it, but there's really just nobody who, who gives you all three coverages. And I mean, frankly, it's just as good as Onyeka, like at, at all of the things. I mean, even if, you know, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy really with him like top three, but even at, like five to 14, especially a, a, as you drop down later into that, into that, you know, mid late lotto range he becomes a really, really enticing option, especially for some teams, like the, when the teams are better and better and, you know, just need that that last piece on the interior. He could be he could be really, really valuable for for some team.
0: Yeah. Uh, the one thing that concerns me is if you're taking him at five as Cleveland and, like, these guards are not um, good enough, that's going to put you in a rough situation where, like, if Onyeka is... Say he's, he's, like, you know, hitting its 60th percentile outcome is, like... Quite a good two-way pick and roll player, but like not unbelievable, and he's he's elevating your defense like a, a little bit too much, and you're a little too good, but you're you're still just kind of mediocre. Um, I worry a little bit about that. I just think you're going to have to double dip quickly. Like if you don't already have that guy, uh, you're kind of going to have to get a big time yeah, creator next
1: year. I, I definitely like him a lot better towards the bottom of that. Um, yeah, like
0: like Washington should have onyeka circled in sharpie pretty much like if they if they're yeah, oh, at oh, yeah. all if they're at all like set on on building around this uh wall Beal duo like they should have onyeka in sharpie like absolutely yeah yeah,
1: yeah that that guy needs to be to be on the worst if he falls Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it's waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair what are you waiting for go whack your weeds
0: yeah um so next you said at eight you have and I mean, top three
1: yeah i mean we kind of talked to a little bit of this earlier yeah we were I, I just yeah. Be less certain you do have to do it again <laughs> Um. So that was nine. Okay. At ten, I have Riller really early wait, second. Wait, wait,
0: wait. You're going. You're going. way wait. You're going way ahead. I didn't do my oh. eight yet. Oh. Yeah. Eight. Eight. I have Riller really early second, which is That's what the you same had. guy. Yeah. Okay. But te- you have Riller really early second. Tenth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't want to get. Guy. We're getting. I don't want to mess up the. We're getting way like. You know. You're on your fiftieth guy, and I'm on <laughs> nine. Only um, got to thirty. <laughs> uh, Riller really early second. Um. Okay, you want to make the case for this so high? Sure. I mean, we
1: we've talked plenty about Riller. Um, one of the highest peer scoring upsides in the class um, has plenty of issues. Um, in that, you know, he's like a 23-year-old combo guard, potentially, who, who was bad on defense in a bad conference, um, decision-making struggles. But the, be, beyond that, I mean, the the pure scoring upside he has is it's really hard to match for a lot, of you know, most prospects in a lot of draft classes. Just the, the most elite first step finishing package for a guard, um, you know, just gets gets the easy finishes in the half court all of the time. And when he can't get the easy finishes, he will make the hard ones consistently with his touch and his footwork and his strength. And then, the, and then you know whether that the 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 actual efficiency of his shot, especially from range, I think is a question. But his ability to create space, you know, with just violent step backs and quick crossovers is is, is really ridiculous. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's a bad passer or like a terrible decision maker. He has problems there, but just you know. As you know, I think he he has he has these problems with kind of making wary of him in like you know the, the lottery, but as like a late first, early second type, um, g- landing a guy with 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 genuine like 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 stars scoring upside um, is pretty rare, and I think like a really
0: worthwhile play up this high. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you, because um, like realistically Riller is a pretty safe bet to be an actual like value add as a bench scorer. Um, Cause it, you know, he's, he's not one of these many, many, many college guards. Who's like a pretty good self creator. Like he was special. Um, just like truly a special guard slasher in his ability to get to the rim and finish once there, his combination of burst craft footwork, um, ambidextrous finishing, balance strength like he has he has everything you could want from a finisher and then also has space creation ability on his jumper like you said like like how many guys can do the dame one dribble step back thing as well as riller like dame and maybe no one else um
1: and so he's very very very, like like riller can i mean like almost nobody has that combination like
0: yeah very 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 diverse and accomplished scorer to the point that I'm quite confident in him as a bench scorer at the very least, and then he has like genuine scoring upside to like you know if if he if he can just make good decisions off of his own gravity, like he's going to be a pretty good creator. And maybe his defense yeah, is so like, disastrous that he can. The, the passing windows are going to be big for him, like just because he commands yeah, so much. Yeah, like may, maybe he should. Maybe his defense is so disastrous that he can only ever be a bench scorer, but even then, like that's a worthwhile 37th pick or something like that. And I think you do very much have to account for the higher end outcomes where he's like a legit star scoring guard Um and you know, a, a flawed one, I think like, but, you know, still, still a really good player. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think no-brainer, really high-end bet in this class. I've got Riller early second as the eighth best play in this draft. Um,
1: right, so who's your ninth?
0: My ninth is Tillman late first. Um,
1: okay. I have him a little lower, but I have him 16th, so still pretty high. But
0: Okay, so Till- the, the idea with Tillman late first to me is that he really is the Onyeka alternative um, as a big man who can realistically play crunch time uh I a little less coverage versatile for sure um he is comfortable playing up on the floor like they they uh they do hedge at michigan state they soft hedge a lot like he he does play up there and can do it he's not really a switch guy um he's not the same level of pick and roll finisher not even close um he another guy who's a very skilled ambidextrous finisher on the interior with a great short mid game um but, you know, the, the the pick and roll scoring might not be amazing for him. The general offensive game might not be great for him. Uh, but he, I think he brings a ton as a screener. He is the best short roll passer in the entire draft, I think, by a solid margin. Um, and then defensively, I'm very, very confident in him as a good player. Uh, m- m- a lower end outcome, he's less coverage versatile, maybe. He can really only play below the level of the screen. Um which would be a little disappointing, but I think he's still valuable even in that case. And I just think that it's, it's very realistic to see an outcome where Xavier Tillman is truly a guy who's who's versatile, can really stay on the floor at all times um, and can play those high leverage minutes for you. And then there are the really high-end outcomes that I think you do have to account for where his shooting winds up at a level where it then works in concert with his handling. and He's just a really, really good player on both ends. Um so yeah, I, I think he's a very worthwhile play and in the late first, uh, ninth, yeah, ninth best play in the class.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had him 16th. A lot of the just valuing some, some higher ranked guys for me uh, above him at, in terms of their plays, but I certainly see the case for him. I mean, going to be a big who contributes in the playoffs at some point in this career, almost certainly. Um, you know, p- potentially more than just good tributes. If, like you said, if things go right. So yeah, I mean, certainly late first is is, is really is really good value for him. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, there are things there seems to be a chance to me that he might you might even be able to get him later. Um, I mean, in that mm-hmm. case, he gets to be even more. Yeah, of a late first play. is just
0: late first is where I'm confident. And yeah, I guess the like the basic case I'll make for him is like. The guys that realistically could be closing big men um, are Onyeka, Tilly, and Tillman, right? And Onyeka is going to cost you a very high pick. Tilly may never be healthy. And then you have Tillman, who's going to cost you a very reasonable amount um, and has, I think, a pretty solid chance, or at least a real chance, to be that highly valuable commodity, Um and I think that I think that that's a worthwhile play in any draft, but especially this one where, where the the number of guys who have a chance to be that is so low.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So who did you have at
0: ten? Ten. I had Bulmaro late first. Okay.
1: So so we've done the and Bulmaro. You, what thing, did,
0: so? Yeah. Yeah. What my, did you have my, at t- my ten was really early. It was really early second. Okay. So now we're both on to eleven. What do you have at eleven? Yeah. I had Isaiah Joe late first at eleven. Okay, I've I've got that a solid bit later. I have Cole ten to twenty at eleven. Yeah,
1: I have Cole ten to twenty next.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah so I so I let's really do. Like,
1: yeah, I'm really dude, dude, let's really, do Joe. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna do Joe. I, I'm really high on Isaiah Joe. Um, I I've kind of kept moving up on him as you know as the. You know, just the, the, the cycle's been moving on we're getting closer. So I, so I have him in like my top 20 in my third tier, towards toward the back of that tier. I just love him as like like a pretty sneaky high upside guy. Um, obviously, the shooting is there. Um, you know, that, that that shooting I think is pretty bankable you know percentages be damned the 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 volume the 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 difficulty of uh, the the shot difficulty of the versatility the the three-point rate all of it and then there's you know the his his some 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 real like legitimate self-creation upside um i think with his handling and and some passing as well obviously you know the, the 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 significant caveat of the, the frame meaning he can't do anything inside the arc uh, yeah I mean at the college level he can't do anything inside the arc at, at the NBA level it's going to be even more drastically bad and then defensively you know obviously uh, an incredibly smart help defender a bit over aggressive at times but I think yeah <laughs> yeah he's he, he can be over aggressive but I think generally like I'll like I'll take that over the opposite and he I mean he really does make some some really high level defensive plays and, I mean again the frame is why I think late first like early second for Isaiah Joe as like Cause I mean, if he if he can add that muscle, um, he he can be really. I, I think he could be a really really good defender. Like, you know, someone who you you hope refines the over aggressiveness um, can be a really good defender if he can actually guard some some twos and and maybe one 2.5 on the ball. Um, and then and then offensively, someone who again like I think elite shooter is very much in the cards for him with with some ancillary skills as well. Um, just someone who I think. Is one of my favorites of these like shooting wings in this class, and someone like who I really I'm really buying the upside with, and and is why I have him higher than you know like some of these other late first guys like Tillman, Bain, Flynn, who I have pretty high, but um, I I have Joe above them for for that reason.
0: Yeah, I I love Joe as well. I have Joe late first as the 18th best play. Um, so I yeah. I I think it's really good. However, I think that you are not maybe accounting enough for the fact that, like, if he really doesn't develop a lot physically, um, one, the percentages might not be there to the level that they need to be because they don't have to be amazing. The volume will be there and the percentages don't have to be amazing, but they do have to clear, like, 36%, 37% um, to be worthwhile. Uh, And, like, it's conceivable that he doesn't get there. I think, uh, especially if he doesn't build out yeah, his I mean, core, I have
1: pretty strong confidence. I mean, yeah, if he just doesn't develop any f- at all physically, which I mean is possible, but I mean, again, yeah, I think it's also very possible that he does, and I don't think he has to develop. I mean, he he, he needs to develop less physically to ensure you know a, a high efficiency from three than he does to be able to like actually drive a little bit. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I like the on-ball stuff enough to the point that like there's some real second side, like there's definitely closeout attacks, but some, some second side stuff there where like, yeah, he's really comfortable throwing pocket passes. He does have great space creation on his step back. Um, and can, is an elite shooter off the dribble. Um, like I, I like all that stuff a lot. I think that he's got like, like real upside as a off ball gunner who can actually do some stuff when the ball is in his hands. And I think that that's pretty valuable. um, and then defensively, yeah, I I I affectionately call him Discount Dev, uh, Discount Dev <laughs> um I I think that he's really good. Yes, over aggressive, but like makes a strong impact working off the ball through yeah. his aggression. And I I talk up his on ball defense a lot. I think it's it was pretty good in college, and I think that as a prospect, it's really interesting that his footwork is really good, his lateral quickness is really good. That said. Just the, the strength worries me yeah. a ton because if that doesn't come along like NBA guards one ones and twos are gonna kill him uh threes will be out of the question but like they're just going to like drop a shoulder into him and he will be in the stands um like fighting through screens might be really tough even with great footwork like when you're working against NBA screeners like those guys are really good at setting screens um and doing it uh, like in a legally dubious manner. Um, so yeah, uh, I have more concerns in like Isaiah Joe. I-, I think that, I think that his floor is a bit lower than you. Um, I think that there are-, are real concerns about kind of it working at all in the NBA, but I agree with you that he's a really interesting ceiling play. Like I had him quite high when we did our ceiling boards. Um, I think he could be really valuable, uh, on both ends, um, um, I like him a lot. I like him a lot as a, as an alternative to Vassell. If you're not in a range where you can afford Vassell, um,
1: discount Dev. It's great. Yeah,
0: uh, I I I really like Isaiah Joe. I think a little bit lower on f- like floor low end outcomes for him. So I think it's a little bit worse of a play than you do, but still still a very good and worthwhile play.
1: Yeah. Um. Actually, you had Cole at
0: eleven. Yeah. Yeah, Cole at eleven from ten to twenty. Uh yeah. it seems like Cole could even go lower than that.
1: Yeah, I was um, gonna say I, I see I mean you, you see Cole drop in like the Knicks at twenty three sometimes, like or you know, not I don't know twenty three, like twenty two, like that range that I mean it's kind of ridiculous to me that he's yeah, I mean that he, could
0: low. Be, he could be a really good secondary. Like uh, he's a great shooting prospect with awesome versatility. Um like really could be one of the better shooters in the NBA, and like that alone, I think yeah. should be worth a lot. Yeah, and then like talked about this a couple episodes ago. I, I yeah. don't know what episode it's like like even if he's just an elite pull up shooter, like
1: that's yeah, worth that's a lot.
0: really valuable. Um, and I think on top of that, like he has, I think he'll be a really really good transition and semi transition player. Uh, just that like his acceleration has always been much better when he's already moving. Um, so the semi-transition settings are really good for him. And it's also a more open floor and he can maneuver the paint better. Uh, he has his pull-up, I think he has his, his vision in those situations. I think he's more willing as a passer in those situations. Um, and yeah, it's just like a pretty appealing secondary. Like when he's, when he, well, when he's attacking a tilted defense, like the burst issues are going to be less of a problem. Um, you know, there are things he needs to develop. Like he needs to have a, a functional runner. Like he really needs that. Um, but, but like to be that level of shooter and also have his two foot leaping, uh, what that means for him is I I hope a transition player and as a team D playmaker is pretty interesting. Um, I think that he can move well enough laterally, like he needs to work on his footwork and screen navigation, but like, these are things that I think can improve. And then you have a very valuable secondary for a pretty reasonable price. Um,
1: so yeah, yeah Cole,
0: Quite yeah, cheap, I, I mean to be honest. Yeah, like I'd definitely pay in the 10 to 20 range. And if Cole is like Cole at 25 is a really high level play in this draft. Like yeah, I'd I would have probably that higher. Yeah. Yeah, Cole at 25, I'd probably have eight behind Onyeka at five to fourteen, I think. Yeah.
1: I mean he I uh, mean like 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 I kind of talked about with Maxi. I mean, in this range, you have all of the teams that are built to that are <laughs> equipped to handle a Cole Anthony secondary. Like you have your you know you're you're milwaukee you're philly
0: you're dallas you know just could you imagine could you imagine if philly could get cole anthony yeah
1: that would be ridiculous i mean i mean that's i mean that's kind of that that helps them that helps a lot of their problems i mean
0: yeah if i had told you that before the year you would have thought that mb tore his acl and uh ben simmons also probably had it yeah i would have just
1: called you crazy like
0: yeah, uh, I I think that makes a lot of sense, and I think that Cole yeah. is a really good play at his current range. Uh, what do you have? T- twelve? You have Cole ten to twenty? Yep. Okay, twelve. I have in a in a similar vein. Hampton ten to twenty. Okay. Um, I would imagine you have that a lot lower. I had him at eighteen, so not that much lower. But like, yeah, I I still like Hampton a lot. Like his burst is is legit special. Um, he can really just blow by guys whenever he wants. Um. I think that we've maybe not quite been charitable enough to his on ball space creation that he does have some of that. Um, like, yeah, it's you know, he's never going to be a lead guard, but he has some of that. And just like if, if he is a, a secondary, his passing is is pretty solid. Like it's not amazing, but but he is a guy who can really like collapse the defense like he will get to the rim and then can kick out from there. And, like, he has his wraparounds. He has his kickouts to shooters. Like, it's, you know, it's not amazing. It's not brilliant manipulation. But, like, if he's attacking off a second side, like, you're going to have sustained advantages all the time. Uh, and I think that he's pretty trustworthy to make solid decisions off that. Uh, I think his finishing upside is pretty high as he adds strength because I like him as a vertical athlete. Um, you know, do- doesn't really have the ambidexterity there yet, but has, has some flashes of offhand passing and, like, on occasion has attempted a lefty layup. <laughs> uh yeah defensively not good uh in any way but uh like has has lateral movement ability at the very least um but yeah i i think that he could be a pretty potent secondary guy and uh, like i think a little worse than cole but sort of similar idea that he could be pretty yeah. overwhelming
1: like you i i, I mean like, i like rj as well i just like i think like similar to you with joe i just have more concern about the floor I mean, yeah, I mean I, yeah, I, think, I think there's a real chance. I I, I mean a, a chance he yes, he has all of these, you know, yeah, the, the burst is always gonna be there, maybe some advantage, Christian. I'm skeptical. I'm like some self, Christian. I'm skeptical of that the you know decision making is good enough. But if he's you know a non-primary guard who's who's who is not a great shooter and who's a bad defender, like I, I think there's a real chance it just doesn't work with him, which is kind yeah. of what I said a little more, which is why I have lower I, I I mean, then again, like that's said, like I have him 18 like i don't think him in like the like like, i'm more than happy paying for him from 10 to 20 especially as you go down like more towards 20 i'm very happy paying for rj you know for 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 better teams like for like milwaukee like or dallas like i'd be ecstatic to get rj Hampton. you know late late in the teens but like
0: yeah i i think that like his shooting has kind of like the discussion of it has kind of gone in a weird direction where like yeah he's not a good or great shooting prospect but he's not like some total non-shooter either like there's there's some reason to believe that that can be straightened out for sure like there are definitely mechanical issues there um but like he's he's what like historically been like a 70 something percent i mean i wouldn't
1: call him a non-shooter i'm just like not super optimistic on I, no i'm not,
0: i don't think he's gonna be great but like i, I do think he'll pro- like if you're if you're expecting like josh green to be a fine shooter like i think you can probably expect rj to be approximately a fine. Sure. Shooter i mean that's
1: well. the you know i mean they're different shooters but
0: yeah no no they certainly are and like i and the the uh empty gym videos that came out of rj were not good uh like per,
1: also empty gym video yeah the,
0: but the like the post tinkering stuff was not good yeah um which is a reflection of that like you know the starting point in a game is not good um but nonetheless like i i don't think the i feel like he's kind of written off as like a total non-shooter and i don't think that that makes a ton of sense like he's a, he is like a mediocre shooting bet i at, mean like like at
1: like this like, like i still view rj as like a late lottery level prospect like i yeah. i still like him yeah. i i still think him 10 to 20 potentially even lower is is a great play i mean i've seen him lower than than 20 yeah. as well yeah like
0: again he gets even better the lower you go like I'm, i mean i like rj like i just like him less than some other guys yeah no i'm i'm not in love with him but i think he's a solid prospect uh presents an interesting option for like that sort of secondary role um and has has some physical attributes that are like really high level um but yeah i like i'm not crazy about it i think it's a pretty solid bet yeah. in that range for sure
1: yeah speaking of of bets with high level physical um um, secondary bets with, with high level physical tools. I have Kyra next behind Cole from ten to at twelve at thirteen. Well, what did you have at twelve, Cole?
0: Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I have Kyra at thirteen as well. 10 okay, to yeah,
1: yeah. I had Kyra thirteen at, at ten to twenty. Um, he is. I mean, I mean, similar to RJ, similar like similar to Cole. I mean, not in terms of how they're with prospects, but you know how I view them value wise is pretty pretty dang good secondary prospects um obviously i think kyra definitely more similar to rj in that you know off ball really hard to to stay in front of us you know attacking closeouts um less good of a finisher than rj much better shooter um probably a better passer but like probably not as better as people think as a lot of people would think so i'm mean, definitely a better passer but yeah much more functional Yeah,
0: because uh, kyra is so smooth with both hands yeah. But, yeah, I mean, sim- a similar pass. Yeah, I mean, that
1: decision-making stuff, like, I mean, the, the more advanced decision-making and vision he lacks might not matter as much if he's playing really secondary off-ball role. Like, I, I don't think it's going to matter as much. I mean, I, I think maybe there's some lead guard credit. Like, there's, like, more lead guard upside that i have given credit for just with, you know, he did show some pull-up shooting improvement in the second year. I think he's already a really good spot-up shooter. Um, he is obviously so young and, and, drove a, and has driven good offenses in the SEC at young ages. Um, You know, with his crazy physical tools and yes, super skinny, even if he adds weight, I mean, I don't think he's ever really going to be a good finisher. Um, Like, it will be very interesting to see how the intermediate game looks at the next level, considering that's something he wasn't allowed to do at Bama and still had a pretty good floater, um, even if that floater, you know, being as good as it was came at the expense of stopping short of the rim far too often but yeah I mean as like a secondary you know especially like RJ like I like I will you will see Kyra mocked like outside of outside of the 20s um, when in that case for any of the good teams with, with big creators he's really a, kind of a, a an awesome steal like like RJ or, or, or like Cole all, all of these like secondary prospects potentially landing in the late 20s is kind of ridiculous value for all of them yeah I mean I like him a lot as a play I mean I, I mean I would pay for him um high like high teens for the right teams but i mean happily in the low teens. i mean in the round 20 i'd pay for him
0: yeah i i really like the kyra 10 to 20 play as well um i think that yeah he, he's he's pretty similar to rj in, in like kind of their main selling points with the burst but i i do I do like RJ's like short area burst more. I think that his first step is like kind of meaningfully better. And yeah, Kyra is really fast. I think his acceleration is really smooth, but I think that that's, it's more of like a larger areas thing with that. I, I, I like RJ better as a first step guy. Uh, and I think that that does matter. And then just some of my other issues with Kyra are that the finishing I'm really concerned about. I think it's going to be really bad. Uh, He's, he's not a good vertical athlete and is so frail, um, and that is a problem. Uh, I think it's always going to be, whereas I think the finishing upside with RJ is pretty good. Um, and then um, with Kyra, it's like the the skinniness comes into play on defense also, where like I think Kyra was definitely an underrated defensive player at Alabama. Uh, I think that like his recovery is really good. His use of length is really good. Uh, another guy who, who needs to work on his footwork and screen navigation, but, uh, like he's going to be, he's going to have to defend the point of attack because of his size. Whereas RJ, I can envision with strength gain, not being forced into that role, um, and maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing. I, I don't know because then you're kind of dealing with RJ off the ball. But like, I, I think Kyra presents less defensive versatility. Um, they're they're kind of two prospects who are hard to navigate for me because like I, I think that kind of inarguably Kyra is currently better. Um, yeah, and they are similar, but I think that there are just like a few key distinctions that really matter. Uh, and work against Kyra, even though he's like inarguably a better player currently. Uh, and he may well end up being better. Uh, but I, I just think with, with RJ, it's the, the short area burst and the finishing upside, I think is a pretty meaningful difference. Uh, nonetheless, I really like Kyra. Great play. I think as high as like 10 to Phoenix, he makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think he's a really good secondary prospect. Um, yeah. I, I like it a lot. I think it's great value. Uh, and would make a lot of sense for a lot of teams.
1: All right, who did you have next at 14?
0: 14, I have Poku 10 to 20.
1: Yep, me too. Nice. <laughs> Just like rounding out like the the group of these kind of 10 to 20s for for me and for you as well. Like
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a I've expressed many times the concern about Poku kind of on a possession-to-possession basis that I think his defensive playmaking is unbelievable arguably best in the class some of the wildest highlights that you'll ever see uh in this class or in any class but uh technically as a mover he's really bad even though he is a mobile guy um i think that like he doesn't show up as much on just like minor stunts and digs and positioning as opposed to the big time playmaking uh and then offensively i don't really buy creation equity with him i do think that he's a versatile like off-ball gunner Uh, I kind of really do think of him as more like a big wing secondary playmaker kind of, not, not even really like more of a closeout guy, closeout attacker and can make decisions off that and handle and make decisions in transition Uh, potentially very valuable. I think that also the high points might oversell how good he is in the NBA and that he's, I think there's a chance that he's highly frustrating for coaches because he's not doing the little things and that outside, outside of the highlights, the possession possession stuff is is not that great um the the but nonetheless i think a very worthwhile bet and someone who could potentially return a ton of value
1: yeah i mean the upside is clearly very high i mean i'm probably the lo- i mean i, mean, I, I know i'm hiring Poku honestly i probably should have him higher than this in terms of my plays give or have him ranked but um yeah i mean i think the the upside here is kind of undeniable um, yeah, I, I don't think he really has the creation equity that some do, but like he is like legitimately kind of a special passer. I mean, he is a special passer for, for someone his size, and some of like you know the transition handling definitely maybe is maybe a side pick and roll once in a while, but I, I don't think you need to have him like running a lot of pick and rolls to, to extract tons of value. No, no, like because if you can just like heavy off movement volume, gosh, I think the efficiency will be good enough. You know, making passes off closeouts some pick and roll some advantage creation stuff like like he can be just like a a unique a uniquely valuable offensive player that like a smart coach could get a ton out of um yeah.
0: yeah but that that's kind of the problem right though it's like limited scenarios limited limited context in which you can extract the most value out of him also something i did kind of price in with this is that we have him in the 10 to 20 range but i think that he goes before all of these guys kind of so I was pricing that a little bit. A yeah. Little bit. I, think so. I think I think he's going to cost you more draft capital uh, yeah, than true. these other guys. So I priced that in a little that's bit. That's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I I think the upside is like really significant. Obviously, defensively, has his problems. Like he's, he's definitely not like a five defender, but he has his really significant strength as well. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean, just like like as an upside bet from ten to twenty, there's really like nobody with with a ceiling like him in this range. I think. Um, yeah not quite so I mean I think just for that reason alone he's, he's a good bet especially I mean uh, I, I think he's going to go higher as well but I mean if he if he falls for some reason like to like around 20s he becomes like even even e- an even better play there
0: mm-hmm. should we each do our 15th and then cut this part one sure um who do you have uh 15th I have Patrick Williams 8 to 14 cool I have him a little later but I have him fairly high as well uh, what do you have at 15? I have Bain late first. Okay, I've, I've got that at 17. Um, so Pat will 8 to 14, uh, has his mobility issues, will look bad on the perimeter, I think, pretty frequently. But I think he's a really good defensive prospect. I think that as an interior help defender, he's pretty special. Uh, he's really like skilled there. His verticality is great. Uh, for a guy that young, like, there are not that many guys as skilled at, at verticality as Pat Will is. Like, it's, you know, Chet Holmgren, Pat, uh, not that many other guys. Um, he's very good at it and actually has the strength to, like, wall up there and make multiple efforts. He has good second jump ability there, like, good vertical athlete. Um, so really, really like him as a defensive prospect. Uh, I think that the he's of the, the best of of the three and rim protection archetype that uh is plentiful in this draft uh and maybe maybe that hurts him a little bit that there are other three and rim pro uh options but I, I think he's clearly the best one um so offensively i think he'll shoot spot ups i like him a lot as a closeout attacker he can cover ground quickly uh like him a lot passing off of those like he has, he's a legit ambidextrous passer um it's very impressive uh so yeah, I think plus plus passer for the closeout attacker role, uh really valuable help defender, flawed, flawed, defender, flawed offensive player, but like as a possible like real dribble pass shoot guy, uh who's like a good vertical athlete with really significant defensive impact, um, that's a good prospect. And I think like eight to fourteen is a fair range for him. Like you're you're getting him exactly where you should get him, but he's good and valuable. Yeah, I have him, like, literally
1: right in the middle of that range on my board. Like, I I mean, I I dropped him a little bit. I'm Some of the stuff you said, I think that the scarcity with him was a little lower. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly all, all the things you, you say, I'll, I'll echo the defense is awesome. I probably like the offense, I mean, even a little more than you do. You know, so young and skilled and has shown, like, the pull-up flashes, you know, dating back to AAU when he was a 16-year-old. Like, I, I think the shooting offside is
0: is, is kind of sneaky with him. Um, he, he might have some, like, tough shot-making ability. Yeah, I
1: do think that's I mean, like, not really, like, creation or anything. But,
0: no, no, like, but, like... A couple
1: dribble pull-ups, like, maybe if you can extend the range. There's, like, didn't shoot that many threes this year, which is a, is a red flag in itself, but
0: um, I think there's... But, like, like, you can envision a world where Pat Will is coming off of, like, a curl at the elbow and just rising oh, up over the yeah, guys. And, like, yeah.
1: like what Jeremy Grant does, but actually making them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that there, it's definitely, like, something you can envision, but I, I think he's, he'll be, like, you know, a solid offensive player. I think one who, who is, like, pretty additive because he can just get yeah. spot up and then, like, keep possessions going. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he's really good. Yeah, it's like and,
1: you can get, like, obviously, like, you know, they're different players, but, like, additive, versatile team defense for... You can get, you know, to be your fifth starter. You you, you get Pat Will from Age 14, or, or you get Denny in the top
0: three. Like Yeah, but the alternative is like you could get Woodard at the end of the first, yeah. Jaden McDaniels at the end of the first. Yeah, and that's um, why I have
1: him like kind of later. Exactly. The like two.
0: there like even there there are actually a lot of those guys, kind of weirdly, in this class. Uh it's kind of a value. Yeah. I mean point he's in this
1: better than a lot of them. But. He,
0: that's that's the thing, is that he's he is so much better than the others. Uh so that that's why I've got him pretty high. Start.
1: So, yeah, my 15th guy was Desmond Bain, late first. Uh, pretty pretty simple. Best shooter in the draft. Off movement, off the dribble. We have talked about him ad, ad nauseum on this podcast. H- has the plus passing. Um, pretty, pretty ridiculous there as well. You know, not like plus for a guard, but plus, plus for his role. So some impressive pick and roll stuff, even, even at times, the, the the team defense is awesome effort. You know, he has some kind of sneaky range. So the instincts are awesome. Even if, you know, short, yeah, she has short arms, the on ball stuff is a little troubling. He's not going to, you know, handle or get to the rim, but he doesn't need to, that's not his role. And he, I mean, it's so easy to see him plugging into any NBA team, you know, that, that just needs, a, a, like, 3 and D+. Plus. Like, he, right. like, his fit in the NBA is so seamless. Um, you know, like, th- again, he's another guy that I've seen, like, plenty lower than 30 as well. Like, especially. Yeah, know,
0: I, I think he is going to end up costing you a first. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's kind of how it's trending.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean again, like, and that's what I ranked him envisioning is, is him costing you a first round. But still, yeah. I mean, he could cost you less. And even you know playing a mid late first, I'd be happy to do that for you know a guy who I know is going to be a, like a plus wing player for me. I'm pretty confident he is at least.
0: Yeah, I've got this bane late first down at 17, so pretty close. Uh, the one thing I think is working against him is that like, and I, I think that to an extent people might be getting a little carried away with the bane stuff because he seems to be getting very popular. And like, yeah, he's he's really good and someone I'd like to have, but he also. Like his whole appeal is that he, it's kind of like a simple, like he's in very good shooting off guard with plus passing plus team defense, but he's like nothing spectacular. Like we, we both had him pretty low on our ceiling boards. Like it's a tight expectation for him. And we think he has a high floor and a low ceiling. Um And, and um you know, maybe, maybe that's a poor uh, assumption by us, but like, I, I don't, I don't think it's, there's a lot of upside there to be like any sort of creator i think that he's he's not going to be like among the truly special shooters in the league like i think he's kind of just going to be good um so i've got him a little lower for that however scarcity is working in his favor
1: i I don't think he really needs to have that upside to be like very no no as like a late first round pick
0: like exactly no that's that's why i've got him as the 17th best play but just like i i think that you know someone might think that maybe he should be super high on this that he's like a a very very safe rotation yeah. i mean i think for the
1: right team you could argue that he should be higher like
0: yeah yeah i i guess like for a t- especially a team that needs short-term contributions but like i don't know he i think he's going to be a very good shooter but not among the special ones in the league i think that there is individual defense might not be good like the His lack, his like stiffness and lack of mobility might be a problem, but his team defense will be pretty good. Uh, Might be hampered, like you said, by, by length, but like, I I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, And I would definitely take him in the late first. I'd take him a little bit higher than that. And I think it's still, I I mean, I still think it's the 17th best play in the class, but I, I just, I worry that the Desmond Bain thing is getting a little bit out of hand just because I, I think that tends to happen with guys who are like definitely good like I think we saw people go off the rails with the thiable stuff for sure that like yeah he's a good defensive player he's also a terrible offensive player as a rookie and like you know he's he's fine but but I mean dort the dort stuff is crazy oh, yeah. um yeah. that like Dort is yeah. not good um yeah. like like he yeah like he was a great value as an undrafted free agent and shouldn't have been an undrafted free agent. Um, but like be a first round pick like yeah he's still like a low 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 end rotation player at best um
1: he just cannot play offense and that's important i mean
0: yeah yeah one of the yeah i mean one of the more damaging offensive players in the league but i am on Dort, but like yeah i just think it's important not to get carried away with a guy who's just good um that said bane is good uh and is a very worthwhile play uh 15 for you 17 for me late first bane great move but i also like you know he's not like someone you have to have like he's good he's he's a, a really nice option but like you know you're not you don't need to move up to 19 or whatever to get desmond bain like you don't need to be going that crazy i don't think to get desmond bain because he's a good play but like not an otherworldly one
1: sure and i mean i think i think that's the range we've reached at this point like yeah all right so um it's called it part one yeah so yeah, part one. We will have part two on Wednesday, as always. Uh, thank you all for listening. You can follow the pod at Prep Number Two Pro Pod on Twitter. Keep leaving five star ratings and reviews. Those are very very helpful for us, and we really really appreciate when y'all do that. Um, you can follow Max on Twitter at Max A Carlin. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. And with that, we will see you all next time.